taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Hello, good evening and welcome to the business show here on Midlands 103. It's Albert sitting in for Ronan and coming up on this week's show. We will talk to a young Midlands tech company based in Port Arlington but taking on the world. Peter Walsh of TechAir.com will be here shortly to tell us about this remarkable Midlands business trading all over the world from Port Arlington in Leash. We'll also be talking to two very frustrated hospitality owners who are seriously concerned about the future viability of their businesses in the face of a constant lack of clarity as they see it in the face of COVID. That's Declan Manton of The Well and Brian Cunningham of Brian Cunningham Travel. We'll then turn our attention to positive news from the Leash Chamber of Commerce Chief Executive Caroline Hoffman as she tells us about the supports and grants available from the Leash Local Enterprise Office and indeed the Chamber. And finally, Will Faulkner talks to Finton Drury former non-executive director of one of Ireland's leading financial institutions and advisor to uh, former Taoiseach Brian Cowan about his new book Seesaw on the Lessons of Leadership. I'm joined online now by Peter Walsh who's one of the managing directors of Tech Air, an exciting company that's based in Port Arlington and one which certainly has a lot of aspirations and uh, Peter is now going to uh, join us online. Peter, good evening. Good evening, Albert. How are you? Thanks for taking the time to talk to us this evening. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, firstly, what is Tech Air? Where did you come from? Tech Air, so we were initially established as a company that would join forces with another company out of Port Arlington by the name of Free TV. Um, so David Marr runs that business. Oh, we know. He's uh, quite a serial entrepreneur. He is a serial entrepreneur. He would be my business mentor, if you like. So this is... Is he involved in? Is he involved in the kind of the garden centre over there as well? He is indeed within the Solace Garden Centre. Yeah, yes. that's, that's the brainchild of Dave and John Kerry there, Dave Martin, John Kerry. So, um, yeah, he he would be my my business mentor, and he took me in to set up his business on the marketplaces essentially. So he didn't have a presence on eBay, Amazon, adverts, any of those type of deal sites. He just solely had a website. So he brought me in to run it as my own business but in conjunction with himself. So that's, that's how, it all, how it all established. And, and, how, and, that's it all how, was, and that's how it was ended up being based in Port Arlington. That's how we ended up being based C- in Port Can Port I ask in terms of, a, like, you're, you're quite a tech-savvy company. You've got a huge portfolio of products, which we're going to hear more about shortly. But is there any disadvantage to a company like he's setting up in a sort of a rural, quite area like Port Arlington? Essentially, no, because we'll say originally when we set up, um, Dave had that factory down the other end of town, just on the Offaly side of Port Arlington, um, and Fastway, who would be our main logistics partner, they rented the other half of the building. So it, it made no difference that we were in the Midlands or in Kerry or Cork. Once you had your logistics partner beside you, it, it was perfect. So that that's really all that mattered. And once you had good broadband, and in fairness, we've We've um, we've always been blessed with good broadband here, which is I don't know what it's like for the domestic people, but um, in the commercial business space, it's, it's broadband has been very solid down here. Great. Okay. So um, and 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 obviously wonderful to see uh, places like Port Arlington or smaller towns being able to attract businesses like yourself. So uh, David brought you in. So yeah. Tech Airden, how did that start? Well, we originally when we came in under David, we were brought in as I say for the marketplaces, and what happened was. We ended up winning a contract with a company in Dublin and they were supplying a lot of hardware to the aviation industry. And a a company had let them down and they rang me one day and said, could you do a contract first? And I said, yep, no problem. 
and the next thing was I got on a flight to Miami and made sure I could do the contract but it was say yes at the beginning and then flew to America and made sure I could do it and that then set that wheels in motion where Peter you, you, you kind of you kind of throw out that fairly casually there like you know Port Darlington to Miami uh, <laughs> you, you make it sound pretty insignificant it seems like quite a significant step it was. It was, it was for an airline in the US called Spirit Airlines. So it, it was quite a significant step for us at the time. And it was in some way the launch pad for Tech Air because obviously the company was called TV Tech and we were dealing in the aviation space fairly strongly. And what were you doing so, in the, like, what were you doing for the, for the airline? We, for the airlines we were doing, um, so for that contract it was uh, 4,000 iPads, so iPad minis. So that's wow. how we... we we got in with, with, say, with Apple over and some distributor partners over in Miami. But what it also opened was it opened the door to us to buy product in Miami. And what we found when we were in Miami was it was a, like a real good hub for buying e-commerce products and bringing them back into Ireland and, and getting really good pricing as opposed to like what I would say is nearly a cartel in terms of all the other companies where, you know, that laptop's going to be the same price in the six or seven shops you go to. It doesn't matter where you go, the laptop's generally the same price. So we wanted to go get that laptop or get that headset and be able to offer the customer quality service, but also a good price and to see that you don't have to go to these multinational companies to get a good deal that us local guys could do it for you. Okay, so your, your first big deal then was, was uh, with this airline company. What was the next step? Uh, the next step really was because we serviced that contract, they kept coming back for little contracts here and there and in between. And then it was said to me, kind of, TV tech, it doesn't really sound like something in the airline industry. Would you not think of changing up the name or changing it into something a bit more sort of technology focused, but also with the airline in mind? So it, that was in my head for about two or three years. And we eventually made the move to set up this new company, Tech Air, where it would focus on e-commerce, technology, and airlines. But we also have a services division, which would look after, we'd say, public contracts. So one of the contracts we'd look after would be St. Vincent's University Hospital, the public and private there. We'd supply TV distribution and TV services, audiovisual services, video conferencing services, and conference services, which have been huge, I suppose, in the, the midst of the pandemic. So we were... We were on the we were on the, the front line there throughout the pandemic in there putting in conference systems so people didn't actually actually come into the hospital and take their courses and because it is a teaching a teaching um, hospital so so people didn't have to come in they could stay at home and we put in kind of state of the art systems all around the hospital so a professor could have a, another meeting with another professor in Black Rock or down in Cork or or all whoever else in the world they could do it from the comfort of their home or the comfort of their office. Without having okay. to have everyone involved in, in in fairness, Peter, that that sounds all very specialist and so forth. But like looking at what you do, like you deal directly with the ordinary consumer as well. We do indeed, yeah. So I I would have had a say a long background in that sort of consumer electronics industry, starting off, I suppose, a company in Sandyford back. Oh God, back when I was probably twenty two, twenty three, and I kind of got in for a role there where I would. I'd advise the manager, oh, I think we should buy, I had a huge interest in electronics, or I think we should buy this, or I think we should buy this, or I think this product is hot, or I think this product will be good to bring in. So that kind of grew on from there. And then I suppose I, I'm, that's how I met David, because I'd buy some products from David for contracts I was doing, and then that's how that grew. But yeah, I would have a, I'd have a, a big expertise in that field and a, a keen interest in that field. 
So, like, if if how would you describe the product range that she that she offer? Like, I mean, you know, for me as a sort of a normal consumer, what could I go to you for? Well, we have everything, as I say to people, we have everything from, let's say, a 1.2 meter satellite dish all the way down to your camping caravan satellite dish, network cables, satellite cables, iPhones, iPads, laptops, it's in headsets, headphones. We buy power banks and we cover everything from A to Z. Once it's in consumer electronics, we, we really cover it. So literally anything that I want in, in terms of my own personal kind of space from an yeah, iPhone. Remote replacement, remote okay. control. Well, what, what about if I'm a business? What do you offer me as a business? As a business, I suppose what we offer you is we, we have a long established team here who are very customer orientated. So it's a, it's a huge thing of when I go into a store and be it a coffee shop or a news agents or even a supermarket I, I always like to feel like you're 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 welcome and they value your custom and that's what I've tried to run through through the business here no matter what the customer is buying be it a 10 euro purchase or a 100 euro purchase or a 1000 euro purchase they all get the same level of like that feel you know that that they're wanted and that their money is valued in here and that we really appreciate their custom Okay, from from again from looking at the range of services that she provides, it's not just really the hardware at the end of the day, but it's also the expertise and the service and running it and it installing is, it. And I was actually even looking here. You do security. You do a lot of security uh, cameras, even and yeah, and we we do a lot of installations on security as well. So it's an area that we've recently taken on a new kind of installations manager, and he heads up that division. Um, but it, there was a demand for it in the market, so we said, why not? We were getting people ringing us up and saying, listen, I'm after buying this kit. Um, I don't really know what to do with it. Can you install it for me? Can you suggest somebody to install it? Okay. And what was happening was we might suggest somebody, and then they let them down, and that looks bad on us. So we wanted to, if we're going to suggest somebody, I want to know the job is going to be done to the same standards of care and customer service that we've given in the sale. So the sale and service now is is one and all really within this building. Okay, can you tell me about the how-to videos? The how-to videos were actually a brainchild of David. He was the one of the kind of innovators in that space, and um, it was one of the things that drew me down to him as well. It was like if you can show somebody how to use the product and how to use it properly, it, it cuts out a lot of the, the like the uncertainty so I know straight away I can see this product I can see how it's used I can see the back of the product I can see it unboxed I can see how to use it how to set it up and I just think it puts the customer at ease a lot of these videos are probably used by other people as well have to say I'm a, I'm a big fan of it because if I have to do something at home and herself is on to me I usually go to YouTube or something to see is there a video up there to show me how to install something or repair something or actually ch- the last time I used it I was trying to change a battery on a Dyson exactly so I go, how do you change nearly, a battery on a Dyson become the, it nearly become the done thing now that when you do want to install something or set up something and for a lot of people technology although they, they have it in their hand every day it is very it's very much something that they they don't know too much about so if they, when people don't know too much about it they don't really get involved in case they break it or don't make it work so Dave, give this video and say, here's step by step how to use it. It makes an absolutely massive difference. You, you seem to have all bases covered. Um, you're an online-only business. You don't have a retail as such? No, we don't. We are actually, though, we're 
setting up on the grounds of where the Solis Garden Centre is. And we are setting up a kind of a, a, a small little retail unit, but okay. in terms of... Like a fulfillment centre, really, isn't it? So iPhones, iPads and things like that. Okay. So uh, what's so what's the correct spelling? What's the, the website? It's T-E-K-E-I-R.com. So it's techair.com. Techair.com. How many work in the business, Peter? There is now 18 of us here. So quite a substantial employer in, in the Port Arlington area. Yes, yes, yes. You, you, you seem to be kind of a, a kind of a Harvey Norman of electronics, are you? Are you a bit? You're, you're kind of you cover so much stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to say our service is a lot better than a, than a Harvey Norman <laughs> of electronics. I mean, we do we we'd offer a lot more in terms of expertise. The people who come in here aren't just coming in for a summer job and doing ten, twelve hours. People are coming here for a career. They're not just passing through. That's what I like to think of. Most of the team here. My final question. How long have you been up and running? Um, Tech Air is up since 2019, and TV Tech was about five years before that. So, so a young, a young enough company making making inroads. Yeah, I am. Yeah, we're, we're we're doing well anyway, and especially in the US space. We're we're working on a big contract for the largest airline over in America there at the moment for nearly 50,000 devices. Wow. Made, designed, and manufactured by ourselves. So yeah, it's, in Port Arlington, and it's something we hope. We hope to launch into Ireland in the next year. Also, it's uh, Peter. Sounds like an amazing story. Uh, if you don't mind, we'd probably be in contact with you again next year to find out how how the journey is going. Uh, again, your website techair t e k e i r dot com. That's it exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time, Albert. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing the story of Tech Air, and uh, we wish you all the best for the future. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. You're very welcome back to The Business Show. We will now take a look at the hospitality and tourism sector in the face of the current COVID challenges from two very concerned and somewhat angry businessmen. Declan Manton, who's the owner and proprietor of uh, a good pub in Galway, but more importantly, one of the biggest uh, live music and dancing venues in the Midlands, uh, the famous Well in Moat. Declan, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks, Albert. Thanks for having me on. Declan, what the hell is going on in the industry? We're 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 seeing we're seeing you're open, you're closed, you're up, you're down. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any clarity. There isn't, Albert, none whatsoever. Like I mean, we're, we're within a few weeks of Christmas, and people need to go out. And you know, they've been locked up for the last year and a half or so, and they were just getting together and getting back out, and everyone behaving themselves as much as they can. You know, they were seeing the social distance. They were, um, we we were enjoying it here the last few weeks. Uh, on a Saturday night and we do everything above board but you know we're not getting enough kicking the teeth now again to say that we're going to be closed or so you know okay yeah because you're a destination venue uh, Declan right so I mean it's it's not like you know people have to make an effort to get to your premises and they go there specifically for dancing usually Um, because I know you had a very popular Thursday night dancing uh, evening going there uh, we had we had indeed yeah, uh, Thursday and Sunday uh, as well, but maybe not as good as the Thursday. But uh, we tried to get back to the Thursday night here with social dancing. Uh, it, did, it just didn't work for us because people were too afraid to go out, like you know. What are your customers uh, telling you? Uh, fear is the biggest thing. Like fear is the biggest thing. Now that's okay. The next number of people there would be fear, but there's other other people telling you come in and say, "Come on, keep this going, keep this going. We need to get out here, like you know." And uh, it wasn't that you know that element 
the older people for the source tents are just afraid to come back out like you know in in terms of bookings like because I, I know some of the bigger uh, the, the Mike Denvers the Michael English all these sort of people play there like these normally would have to be booked a fair bit in advance uh, you wouldn't be uh, well I could tell you uh, right now who's playing in 2023 if if we're, if we're still going if, in 2023 so that's the way it is you know you have to do your bookings nearly a year in advance Okay, you, you're coming into December now, which traditionally will be a very busy time for you. What's what's your outlook for the month? Uh, not good, not good, not good. No, you know, and that's the pity about all this that we're not told either, like you know, because I mean we have staff to organise, we have um, uh, get in stock, and uh, people need to get out, and people need, are making plans about getting out. And it's just we're not being told, which is the pity about the whole happening. Well, I, I suppose really, I suppose with four to five thousand new COVID cases every day, yeah, particularly in the last couple of weeks, you can appreciate people's concern. What kind of uh, what kind of COVID measures have you put in place in the well? We we don't have anything we're, we're asked to do. Uh, you know, between um, checking cards and checking um, tickets and checking IDs in the door. One time, uh, Albert, to me, that it just myself and a lady did the door here. Yeah. Now the, now the five was on that door. Five? Five was on that door, you know. So we have, you're checking people in, you're checking the tickets, you're getting people to sign the book, and then uh, I'm the best person, and I will show them to where they go to the bar, they queue at the bar, inside a rail, and then they take the drink and they go to their seat. Okay. So it takes now five is what two of us used to do one time. And have you reduced numbers in the venue? Oh, very much so, very much so. I mean, uh, I won't name the bands now, but I mean, we have bands, uh, I think we're down to half. Right. No. Okay. Um, but, 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 you know, people are still have to get out. <laughs> you know, we have to, uh, I know there's a uh, health is, is, your, is number one, but, you know, we have to fight this as well. Well, I suppose mental health is not a part of it. Um, yes, is yes, there yes. any light at the end of the tunnel, do you think, Declan? Uh, we look at if you asked me that two months ago, I thought we'd have a great Christmas, you know, and we things look good. But right now, I mean, we're back into we're deeper now than we ever were, like you know. Right. This is serious, like serious, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I would, well, be to, uh, uh, I would be looking forward so much to next April, May, that I move back outdoor again, and uh, forget about the indoor because I mean outdoor is more healthier, and that's so we have raised summer this year outdoor. And we've moved back outdoors. Oh, you built, you built, uh, you built kind of a, a big, uh, sorry, how would I describe it? It was like, it was like a, it was like a, 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 a covered in outside area, I think, wasn't it? Fairly yeah, sizable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, it, uh, Albert, it went down very, very well. People mm. were very happy with us because uh, we didn't have, we just had a cover on it with no sides on it, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a roof and stuff. Okay, Declan, listen, thank, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Again, you're desperately worried about the, the future for your business, uh, which is understandable. I, I, I take it that you're just seeking clarity so you can make plans. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can hear your frustration. I hear it. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Albert, thanks very much for having me on. Declan Manton, proprietor of The Well and More, thank you for taking our call. Thank you. Take care. We're now joined by Brian Cunningham, a good friend of Midlands 103 and a tourism operator who's again facing a frustrating time as uh, as he will now explain. Brian, you're very welcome to the programme. 
Thank you so much, Albert, and good evening to your listeners as well. We just heard from Declan Manton. Declan is expressing his uh, frustration at not being able to plan, particularly over the busy Christmas period, because of lack of clarity from the government in terms of what's happening. He's also telling us that uh, people are voting with their feet um, and are too scared at this stage to come out. How are you finding it in as a tours as a tour operator? How are you finding things there? Well, very much like Declan, uh, I suppose, uh, as a tour operator, um, you know, I, I would safely say that we're getting a little or no clarity. We're getting no, we're getting no direction. Uh, we're not getting that direction from the Department of Transport, nor are we getting uh, uh, clarity from the Department of Tourism, because obviously coach tourism is a large part of ours, and we're under the two remits of the Department of Transport and Tourism. I suppose, Albert, it's been it's been devastating for us because obviously we've had to publicly and we've publicly announced that we've had to cancel all our um, our tours for the rest of the year. And have the so government the reason, have, have the government told you to cancel them? Or are you just being prudent, or what's we're, I, I, what's happening in our case, Albert? Is we were we are looking after the welfare of our passengers, and and our passengers are I suppose we're in a, in a we have a, an audience. Our, our passengers are seniors. They're, they're from 50 onwards uh, up to our, our oldest lady, in fact, is 104. And in terms of the passengers are so terrified because they're hearing every day of COVID, 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 COVID. So that that they're, they're voting, as like what Declan said, uh, on, on feet, and as well as that, we have we have a responsibility as a company, as 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 an organisation, to look after the welfare of our passengers. So when you hear um, Dr. Tony Houlihan uh, coming out on on TV uh, saying that our senior citizens are out more, that you know that that we have to we have to stop uh, Christmas parties. That the, the advices uh, that we're, we have to stop uh, Christmas parties, and our government uh, more or less. What they've done, in my opinion, Albert, and I know it's a strong opinion to have, is they have done it sneakily. They've basically closed our business, uh, but they aren't giving us anything, uh, any funding, any, anything to, to, to benefit from. Uh, I know as an operator, Brian, and I'd be familiar with a little bit of the tourism business myself, there's a lot of upfront costs, particularly when you're pre-booking hotels and so forth. Are the hotels playing ball? Are you, are you getting sort of relief from them? Well, we're we're finding we're some hotels, yes, most definitely, and we 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 have a great relationship with a lot of the hoteliers. But there is hoteliers, uh, in particular in in the northern counties in in the north of Ireland. Um, we 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 you pay the deposits, you pay large deposits to them, and you're not being refunded. Uh, and basically, so that's money gone, and they won't transfer the money to the different dates. They won't uh, give you new dates. Um, you know, they'll say, "Well, you booked on that. The government aren't closing you." So, in terms of that's your responsibility. You mentioned a while ago about supports. Is there supports in place from the government to help your businesses? There, well, basically, in our in our opinion, obviously, you have the EWSS scheme, which some people are entitled to. In my case, I formed a new company in 2020, in January 2020. Uh, with the tours I'd been working and the EWSS is based on 2019 yeah. turnover exactly exactly mm. so basically from my point of view I have staff and I, and as you know I have amazing staff and many of your listeners have travelled with us and good evening to all of them as well uh, but in terms of of the the position that we are in we're in a really dire place because basically we have forked in all our money our own private money etc etc we this time are in a situation where the government haven't forcefully closed us down we've had to take the proaction of doing it Pe- people are 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 naturally 
violently scared of COVID and the new variants and all the different things. And for businesses like mine, let's face it, I, if, if this continues much longer, I know I won't be in business much longer. But, but you, you mentioned that you're under two departments. Surely you can approach these departments directly and get clarity? We have asked, we've asked, we have emailed, we have sought clarity from government ministers, from uh, from Tishi's office, from the various different departments. And what have you been told? Uh, and one is telling us one story and is sending us out emails in one description. And the other email, as I said to you at the start of the, at the, start of the interview, one is telling us from the Department of Transport that this is not their issue, that it's the Department of Tourism issue. When you go to the Department of Tourism, you're being told it's the Department of Transport issue. So this is, there is no clarity, there's no one voice, and I think you would have read my press release uh, earlier on in the week where I said, I'm looking for them, for the government now to come out in one voice. This is not about a blame game, this is not about it, but people need direction, and people need to know one voice, one direction, and basically, so that we can try and save our people, our staff's jobs, ourselves, and everybody else. Because you, for the simple reason, there is no clarity and no clear clarity from our government as it currently stands. They need to take direction and they need to govern the country. Well, I, I know that you had a number of tours uh, and I, I know that they were fairly well booked out for Christmas. I know yeah. you've taken the decision to uh, cancel and postpone those. What about yep. next year? What's what like? What's your outlook? Next year is very much, very much. We, we because you know it's it. it listen, COVID nineteen is, is 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 something that we didn't know about two years ago. I, I can understand that there's we we don't have direction. We don't know where we're going. We're, we're hearing about the booster now. Many of us have had the booster. Many of the age group that I I'm taking away on tours have taken the booster. The the problem that we have now is we're hearing we're we're waiting on clarity whether this booster will deal with this variant. Is there going to be another variant? after that what is the story but at the minute we we have a we have a wonderful tour brochure in place uh, but again uh, i'm very reluctant to print the brochures because at the end of the day that's going to cost me fifteen, twenty thousand to to actually do that well, i suppose brian you know, as, as you've said earlier on at this stage um without clarity without knowing what's going to happen in the future you're worried about the survival of your business I'm, I'm totally worried about the survival of my business because obviously my business, like Declan's business, Declan Manton's business and the well and the we, we have three sectors to our business. They all result in people and mm. people coming out to our functions, people coming to our to our tours, et cetera, et cetera, people coming to our, our, our music shows. Uh, if that If you don't have people coming out, then our business is gone. Okay, well, Brian, listen, thank you for taking the time to come on with us this evening. We can hear the frustration in both Declan Manton's voice as an operator of a popular music and dancing venue and indeed Brian Cunningham, who's a tour operator. Uh, Clarity seems to be the one thing that both are looking for so they can make plans for their business. Certainly, it's going to be a a very difficult couple of months over the winter uh, for these businesses and we can only wish them the very, very best and hope that they survive. Uh, You're listening to Midlands 103. It's the business show. Albert sitting in for Ronan. You've come right back after this short commercial break. You're very welcome back. It's the business show with Albert uh, sitting in for Ronan, who will be back next Tuesday. I'm now joined by Caroline Hoffman, who's the CEO of Leash Chamber, uh, a woman new to the job, but certainly making waves in the short space of time she's been there. Caroline, you're very welcome to the programme. Good evening, Albert. Um, There's a couple of things I want to ask you about, but the first one is Green for Micro. Yes, yeah, so, so this programme is um, 
arranged by the local enterprise office and it's a two-day consultancy package which provides you with an independent industry expert who'll set out a business plan to look at projects for resource use, um, identify opportunities for cost and emission savings and understanding your carbon footprint for your business as well. So it's a really good way of introducing green principles to your business and look at how you can make your business more sustainable. Carolyn, sorry, is, is, but is that applicable to all businesses or is it specifically for manufacturing or places that would have sort of high inputs? Well, the local enterprise office, generally their eligibility criteria is that the enterprise mustn't employ more than 10 people. Okay. It needs to be operating within the geographic location of that specific local enterprise office and it needs to operate in the commercial sphere. Now, there are further restrictions and certain priorities as well for the different grants available but what I would emphasise to people is to engage with your local enterprise office I liaise with them regularly here in Leash and they're a fantastic team if you have any concerns or would like to know what you're eligible for do get in touch with them and the website is localenterprise.ie and you can find your local enterprise office there along with all the contact details so I'd really encourage everybody to contact them and see what you're eligible for and not only do they offer financial support but they offer training and mentoring now the training is open to everybody it's either free of charge or heavily subsidised I know here in Leash they have starting your own business courses they have courses on VAT so it's really broad and it's a great opportunity you know to find out more about areas that you're not particularly certain about and the mentoring is excellent as well particularly if you're a startup and you want kind of more experienced advice um, it's a really good opportunity is there is there a complicated application process or you know do you just ring them up and have a chat or what's the I, I believe the application process has been changed into more of an online portal um, now, sometimes it can be quite daunting going through all these application forms. Mm. And I've spoken to, to people in the enterprise office and they've said to me, look, just pick up the phone if you're unsure, if you have any members or any businesses that want to go for a grant but aren't sure about the application process, get in touch. They'll guide you through it. They'll point you in the right direction. So do engage with them and don't be put off by the application process. OK, so plenty of, of, I suppose, really, they have to stay current anyway in terms of what the market demands are. Talking about the green for micro, it seems like, is this the new kind of candy? Is this the more fashionable thing now? It seems that more businesses want to switch to businesses which are doing more about sustainability as opposed to, you know, anything else. Does that make sense? Well, it doesn't just have an environmental benefit. It also benefits your pocket. And what I'd also say to people is the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, they also have a voucher scheme available to businesses. So you apply online, it's very straightforward, um, and you can get up to €2,000 towards an energy audit for your business. So that's a really interesting way, you know, whether it's changing light bulbs or improving insulation or things like that. But again, there's legibility criteria, so do visit the SEIA um, website and see if your business is legible for it. But it's a very straightforward process if you are able to avail of it. Could I ask you what the sentiment like is like in Leash at the moment? It's a town that had built up ahead of steam and was forging ahead with quite a lot of innovations and uh, certainly the most populated Midlands town was, was flying it. Uh, how are things doing now in the face of COVID at the moment? Well, I think COVID-19 has really shown how businesses are rallying together, everyone supporting one another. Um, there is quite a degree of uncertainty at the moment, particularly in the hospitality sector. Mm. I know it's been widely publicised that Christmas parties are being cancelled, people are a little more reluctant to go out and attend weddings. 
And I think we're just waiting to see what the announcement is on Thursday um, from government following the, the NEFID recommendations. But there is, you know... Yeah, no, sorry, it seems to be pantomimes about pantomimes at this stage. Um, in, in terms of footfall and leash, uh, have you noticed any difference? I think it's really picked up um, the past number of weeks, you know, as we approach the Christmas period. I know the message getting out to people was shop early, shop local. Um, and I know even in Port Leash, you know, they, they've had free parking on Saturdays in the run-up to the Christmas period. So we'll see that for another few weeks. And that's a great way of incentivising people to come out in the town. And it's great to see a buzz. Even we had the Christmas market here on Sunday. Um, and it was really positive. Abby Leakes had theirs, Duro had theirs, Mount Rash are having theirs next weekend as well. So it's great to see a buzz around the place. And I think we just have to think positively now and, and hope, you know, 2022 will bring, you know, a bit more positive. Any, any big plans from the Chamber for 2022? Well, in 2020, we had a very successful jobs fair that was attended by 2,500 people. So we'd hope to replicate that again in 2022. Um, we also have our business awards, which were due to go ahead this November, but unfortunately we made the difficult decision over the summer mm. to postpone those. So they're provisionally in for October 2022. So we're really looking forward to that um, and we'd hope we're in a position where we can safely go ahead with those type of, of events. And we also have a sustainability conference that, that we're looking forward to organising, particularly with Port Leash being designated the first low-carbon town in Ireland and the Cube, um, which is a fantastic facility, is due to open in the coming months as well. So what, sorry, what is, what is the Cube? So the Cube is the low-carbon centre of, uh, of excellence um, here in the centre of Port Leash. So it'll be kind of an incubation space and training space oh, okay. for startups. Um, with a sustainability element. So it's a really excellent project and it ties in very well with the Low Carbon Town initiative. Um, and that's why it obviously pushed for businesses as well to look at the green for micro if they're eligible and see how they can improve their business and make it more sustainable. Okay. So look, um, uh, time is almost beating us. But again, <laughs> if people want to access, what what in effect is, is free money and free supports? Uh, they should go to um, uh, the local enterprise office in Leash. Uh, and indeed, you can probably find the information on the Leash Chamber website, I would, I would imagine. Absolutely. We, we actually have a guide available for Enterprise Ireland and um, local enterprise office supports. What I'd also say as well is that the trading online voucher scheme is still available. So this is something that a lot of businesses availed of um, at the start of the pandemic. Originally, it was 90% reimbursed. Um, now it's gone down to a 50% grant, up to €2,500. But even if you availed of it, in the first instance, you might be eligible to reapply and upgrade your website. So it's a great opportunity. Um, again, it's an opportunity to develop your e-commerce presence online, um, but you do need to have no more than 10 employees and a turnover of less than €2 million Euro and have been trading for a minimum of six months. OK, finally, just uh, you mentioned vouchers. I assume that the Chamber are doing uh, vouchers for local businesses? Yes, yeah, so we have the Leash gift card, um, which was introduced last year. Um, with the support of the local enterprise office here in Leash. So it's a great opportunity to support local businesses and it's been very popular. So whether it's a gift for your family, your friends, or a way to um, reward your employees, you're able to um, purchase up to €500 once-off vouchers per year um, for each each employee's um, tax-free. So it's a great opportunity. Do you know something? You'd make a great saleswoman. Well done. (laughs) Thank you very much, Albert. <laughs> Carolyn Hoffman, thank you for taking the time to talk to us this evening. Uh, cover quite a lot there in the last 10 minutes. May we wish you every success for 2022 if we don't talk to between now and then. And a happy and a peaceful Christmas. Thank you very much. Vinton Drury spoke earlier today to Will Faulkner about his new book on leadership, Seesaw. Let's hear what he had to say. 
I spent seven years working as a, as a journalist, as a young man in, in RTE in, in News and Current Affairs, anchoring programs as you are this, this one this morning. And as a, as a reporter and correspondent in Northern Ireland and did a bit of overseas work as well. So it was very exciting. It was exactly what I wanted to do when I was a young uh, boy. It was what I had aspired to do to doing. And then for reasons which I, I reference in the book, Will, I, I don't quite fully understand all these years later. Um, despite the fact that I was you know, quite successful at that, I chose at 29 years of age to up sticks and leave and go into business. There was no... Uh, history of business in the family. Um, I had no business experience, no business studies done. And I set up a public relations business, Story Communications, which became quite successful and is even more successful today under the stewardship of, of the people who, uh, who, so, who, to whom I sold the business. Um, and then I, I also, around the same time, had set up a sports management business, which was the first sports management business in, in Ireland. Um, and that was in 1990, at the time of Ireland qualifying for the, for the Football World Cup for the first time. Um, in, in the late 90s, I sold uh, Drury. At the very end of, of that decade, I sold Drury Communications. And um, I, I started to develop the sports management business a bit more did some private consulting work and was asked by a number of companies to get involved as a non-executive director. One of which you've referenced, Paddy Power, where I very quickly became chairman. I was chairman for six years from 2002 to 2008. And I was also a non-executive director over the same period of Anglo-Irish Bank. I was a non-executive director of other companies as well, but those are the two, as you know, that I focus on in, in, in the business. And then I suppose to in the, in the book, rather, and then in, to, to fill out uh, your introduction a little bit, um, I, I had started doing a little bit of work for Brian Cowan in my public relations days in Drury Communications, but that morphed into a friendship and a friendship which extended to, from time to time and at various important junctures, I believe, uh, providing him with uh, private counsel um, as somebody who was outside of politics, outside of the Fianna Fáil family, if you like. One other ingredient that is certainly to the fore in politics now, and even was then, is public image. And another character in the book, Sean Fitzpatrick, was very much a man who cultivated an image. Uh, and we're not going to delve into Sean Fitzpatrick because we don't have the time. Again, it's in the book if anybody wants to read it. But the contrast with Brian Cowan is that he wasn't so concerned as you would have liked when it came to his public image. Can you flesh that out for us? A little bit, yeah. It is an interesting phenomenon that uh, we as citizens, and not just here, but in, in most developed countries, are very influenced by uh, the image of our leader or a group of people who are leading our, our country, our, our democracy. And, 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 and perhaps overly so. And Brian always, and I mean always, as far back as when he started his ministerial career, was always... Uh, against the idea of investing time and certainly in guest, against uh, the idea of investing uh, public resources, i.e. money, in the cultivation of his image uh, as a minister and ultimately uh, later as Taoiseach. Um, so it was a principal thing for him. Uh, it was uh, also rooted in this notion 
that he has, which is that I am who I am. And if people like, like me or respect me for the man I am, then that's great. But if they don't, I'm not going to, you know, invest in creating this image, which makes me more likable. Uh, and um, makes more people um, supportive of me than, than, than would be the case if they just see me the way I am. And I am somebody who, who approaches politics in this particular way. That's my belief system. And I think that's admirable, but I also think it's, it, it's inhi- it, it inhibits you, anybody, from uh, developing as a successful leader in the modern world we live in today where image is even more uh, powerful than, than it was back in, you know, 10 years, 15, 20 years ago. Vincent, there's so much in the book. Okay, a few chapters are devoted to Brian Cowan. Uh, you mentioned sport earlier. John Delaney makes an appearance. Uh, Sean Fitzpatrick. Uh, your time at Anglo, uh, which you reflect as perhaps not being the most sparkling item on the CV. So, to conclude, well, I think that's obvious. <laughs> indeed. Well, again, there are so many chapters we could get into had we the time. But the book is a perspective on success, leadership, corporate culture. Can you leave us with perhaps lessons from the mistakes you have made that could serve as a guide to others? The most important one, Will, is is this uh, business of um, being curious, um, being skeptical, things that you learn as a journalist, certainly, and it goes back to the very start of this interview. Um, my seven years at RT, working with wonderful mentors who taught me to be uh, critical and to be questioning, and those were things that I was that, that I brought to my work, as as you do to yours, right? So, when you become successful, and I was only relatively successful, but when you become successful, and when you are around success. Don't allow those instincts to be dulled. And if you don't have them naturally or they weren't sort of uh, trained, you weren't trained to, to have those characteristics professionally in your life, then learn them and always ask questions, even if the questions seem obvious um, and always doubt, not for the sake of it, but because if you are doubtful of success, your own, that of others, that of an organization that you're, you're working for or working with, like Anglo in my case, if you're doubtful of success, then you can imagine the unimaginable. And my story, I guess, more than anything else in, in, in many respects, is a story about not having imagined some that some of the things that have happened to me could possibly have happened. I mean, and, and to, to finish on anger, the idea to me that I was a non-executive director for six years, retired six months before the implosion of a bank that is one of the top 50 corporate collapses in the history of the world is, would have been completely unimaginable. But it happened well, that's a lot for this week on The Business Show. Ronan will be back in the hot seat next Tuesday at 7pm. This is Albert saying bye for now and thanks for listening. Taking Care of Business returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.